Outlaws episode 98. Yeah, we even are, though it says 99. <laughs> that's right. Let me fix that. We had that. a cancellation. Yeah. I'm going to fix that. Anyway, um, we're here with Chris. It's great to have you oh, yeah. from Newcastle, United Kingdom. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's, um, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. And I must say, I've been. Uh, listening to some of your podcasts to date. I think I've got about four or five down and um, I'm absolutely loving the show, to be honest. And um, I do, I really, I think there's something that really good about the questions that you're putting forward to guests. I think it's, it's really nice to listen to. We're loving it. Well, that's very kind. Thank you. Um, I want to say like Mark and I kind of geeked out over your bio because um, the martial arts and Jedi. In fact, Mark Wendt is a um, a Jedi, right? Right. Yeah. So, so you I, say I'm right, like you know that. How how do you know that? Chris? No, I was just I was just like, wow, I'm I'm honoured to to meet a real to meet a real one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that all been online. I thought that all been finished off, but uh, that's still going. Yeah, we're still going. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a story there, but this isn't about me. This is about you. Okay. Yeah. And um, I want to just start. Like, I was really interested in the Calm campaign. Right. Okay. So I'd love it if you just start talking a little bit about what inspired you to get on board with that, and what your hopes and aspirations are for that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the Calm isn't something I'm. You know, personally, I'm not like a, you know, an employee or, you know, I haven't had anything to do with the organization of it. Um, So basically through the podcasts and things that we'll be rolling out this year, um, we do take donations because everything we try and deliver, we try and make all of the information freely available for people. So people that can give because we are a big believers in in the power of giving so people that do want to give um this this year and and looking forwards we're looking to raise money for calm and calm is the campaign against living miserably it's a charity which focuses on um providing support and preventative measures for people who are unfortunately um seeing that their only option may be to end their own life and it's uh, it's you know it's it's there to help provide care and support for people who are who are considering um suicide for for you know sad reasons Uh, one of the things i find fascinating with your story is you've shared that you have struggled with mental illness yeah and you also are deep in martial arts. And I've always yeah. attributed to the martial art practice an element of mental um, stability, for lack of yeah. a better word. And it fascinated me that on the course of your going deep in mental, the martial arts, you also found yourself in this state of mental challenge yeah and i think a lot of the appeal that we see in martial arts um obviously we see the the stereotypical um your bruce lees and all of your your heroes um and we we do you you sort of associate martial arts practice with practice with a lot of mental strength and like you say yeah you put it quite quite well that mental stability and and there is that appeal um however i think everybody has to deal with what i 
uh, personally sort of call what is mental weather. So your, your your mind is like a weather system and sometimes it's sunny and sometimes it's rainy and sometimes it's stormy. And, you know, it's this... This is an an, an inevitability. An inevitability. Um, whatever situation we put ourselves in in our life, whatever we practice in, whatever you know, wherever our home is, whatever our life looks like, we're all subject to mental weather. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we need a little bit of help in dealing with that. Sometimes we need someone to pass us an umbrella. Sometimes. It's 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 nice and shiny, and we've got people to enjoy it with. Some people don't. Um, so yeah, it was the it was that was definitely appeal to me when I and I, when I studied started studying martial arts and Buddhism for that matter, and um, it's definitely helped me. It has definitely given me uh, stability, something that is always there to rely on um, when times are tough, and I, I think. It's good to remember that is there because sometimes we can forget uh, or sometimes it just we don't seem to be able to validate that that's there. We don't seem to be able to sort of give it give it the credibility sometimes as if it's like no use to do this because that feeling of, you know, things maybe won't get better. So when you're saying it are you referring to the tools available to an individual that help weather a storm mentally? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm trying to think how, how best to put it. So with with any, it doesn't matter if you're doing martial arts or if you're in a if you're in a club or if you're in a, a close knit group of of whatever form. There's there's a lot of value in in being a part of something, um, in having connections with people, and whether you're in a, a, a martial arts club or you're in even a even a gaming club, there's there's that it's that connection that kind of forms a a bit of a bridge, a bit of a a bit of a support mechanism for when we're getting through and when we have things like you know even if it's like ritual practice because in 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 martial arts you see what you could describe as ritual practice where you go through the motions you go in the hall you do your bows you line up and you practice certain things in a certain way and that being able to go through that process but also be connected to people alongside gives you Support uh, that you that you're not on your own, um, which a lot of the times we can feel that we are. Yeah. Also, it it's sort of an interesting thing because it takes a mental fortitude, but it's also um, converse in that when you practice physicality, it stabilizes the mental as well. Yeah. Right. So you've got this mind body synchronization going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And most people get confused about martial arts from my perspective. Do you agree that like some people think of it as like learning to be violent properly? And, and my take on it is it's actually learning how to shed the energy of violence by being a, a protector and being um, a defender. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the thing is, is, is martial arts is so wide. I mean, you can, you can, if you, if you, if you enjoy being violent, you could you could find a club and an instructor that would answer that need and but also if you want to learn how to be non-violent you can certainly find clubs and instructors that will answer that need um some people are looking for a very practical martial art and they're wanting to purely focus on self-defense um, applications and, and ways to get out of certain situations, you know, certain holds. Um, and there's instructors that also value that and will teach you that. But there's also people that really value the traditional aspect and they really value um, learning things in a very almost spiritual way. And there are instructors that will answer that. And I'm probably more towards that side. 
but I do believe there's something martial arts for everybody. I mean, to answer your question on if I think martial arts in in is violent, um, no, it, it's it's not in any way any more than chess is violent. You can you can learn how to play chess, and you could probably learn how to play chess very aggressively if you wanted to. Um, but you know, the chess is just a system. It's a game. Um, it's probably more than a game. I know people that are really sort of experts probably would be offended with me saying it's just a game. But, you know, it's a system. It's a system of moves and a system of strategies, which, uh, and you can use those moves and strategies however you want, and martial arts is the same. Uh, ultimately, particularly traditional martial arts, they are in themselves complete systems of moves and, and strategies, and, and you can practice them in a very, you know... Um, you can practice them almost with equanimity where, you know, you can just not be aggressive. You can not be, you know, you can, you can be sort of very matter of fact about it. And there's a lot of peace in that. And it, you almost build, you almost build faith, like a, like a kind of a faith in what you're practicing. The more you do that practice, the more your faith can build up. And that in itself gives you stability as well. Yeah. Do you understand the concept of chi, and how how would you explain the concept of chi? Well, um, I, w- I would definitely prefer to leave chi to the chi experts. Um, I I don't technically use the term myself. Um, I used to practice tai chi, um, which obviously emphasizes chi a lot more. Um, however, I find because what I practice is a more kind of a more physical style, a more direct of blocks, kicks, punches, etc. Um, sometimes chi can be quite confusing if you try and get people to, you know, um, send energy to certain places without really understanding what it is to try. They're trying to do, um, and yeah, I do believe, you know, chi. Essentially, the way I understand it is a is is pretty much the force of change. So it's when one changes from one form to the other, yin and yang, for example. Um, it really is just a just a force of change and how we learn to... It's something really that we respect rather than manipulate. I think chi is, is probably a, a good way of describing it. <laughs> That's a great... I have a question. Is there something you could say to an individual that if an individual finds they want to change their mental state, so they okay. real, they have a realization, I'm in a mental state mm. that I don't want to be in. Mm. Is there an initial yeah, or something that you could say, well, here's a great way to start to change your mental state? Yeah, well, the first thing I would say is give it five minutes. And the reason I would say that is is because your mental state is changing all the time. And a lot of a lot of the time our problems don't come from our mental state. Well, it it does come from our mental state being what it is, but a lot of the problem is is the fact that we think that that's never going to change and it's always going to be like that. And you know, when I was when I was going through really tough times, um a big a big factor of that was the fact that I, th- I thought I was never going to get out of that. Um, and the, the, the truth is, is that the, you know, sun up, sun goes up, sun goes down and, and, and things do change and the mental state does change. So that's the fir- very first thing I would say to that. Um, if we're talking about sort of dissatisfaction with a mental state, if someone is experiencing dissatisfaction about how their mental state is. The other thing I would say is a lot of times the the, the, the dissatisfaction is, is reinforced by the thought that they don't, people may not think that they are good enough. And I think that's a big problem. It's not so much that they want to be somewhere else. They actually also think that they're not good enough where they are now. And I would, that's something that really is not true. Um, everybody, 
you know, anyone who's listening now and, and, and anybody out there, you are all already enough as you are. So what we need to learn really to recognize is, uh, and what, what we can, I say, I say what we need to, but you know, what, what is useful to recognize is, is maybe we're missing the, maybe we're, maybe we're missing the growth. So as we, uh, and, and, and the positivity. So what I'm saying is, Every every step that you want to make in the right direction can be taken. So if you think of a if you think of a messy kitchen, yeah. So and you can think of our mind as a messy kitchen and it's like lots of dirty pots and pans and things. The first step might just be filling the sink up, right? Filling the sink up with hot soapy water now. Next time you, 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 you're faced with this horrendous, messy, messy kitchen, just recognize the smallest step that you take and allow yourself that win. So filling that sink up is, is a win. And then every single pot and pan that gets cleaned and dried and put away is a win. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mental state, it can be likened to that because... We think that we can think that that messy kitchen is always going to be messy. We can think that there's no point in tidying it because it's going to be messy anyway, which is probably true. But the the fact that we the fact of of, of life and growth is that you know life is kind of that constant process of growth and improving and cleaning and you know for the mind. So it's not necessarily where our state needs to be it's more allowing the mental state to grow and allowing yourself to recognize that you know however dissatisfied you may be that state is going to change and is changing anyway whether you like it or not and the reverse is true you can be totally in euphoria and we recognize that also changes and you know it's it's a weather system essentially I hope that answered your question. <laughs> I love it. I love it because the weather of joy, the weather of sadness, this too shall pass. But we can also be so grateful for the rain and yeah. the weather of sadness and so grateful for the sun, the sunshine and the happiness. But yeah. it's all a reminder of being alive. Hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, if, if change didn't happen, then nothing would be possible, right? So um, nothing could happen if change didn't happen. Having experienced deep depression myself, there is this element of not recognizing any changing states. It seems mm. to be a consistent state of hopelessness. Mm. Um, and then the... That's when one starts thinking, well, the best scenario is to end this, end my life, because this is hopeless. Well, I would say you should at least try some old scotch first. (laughs) I don't know. That might be the cause of that state. Um, Let let me ask you this. I would, it seems you became aware of a mental challenge you were experiencing. Yes. Mm, yeah. yeah. No one said to you, Chris, you're suffering. You were like, Oh, I'm suffering. True. Yeah. Sort of true. I mean, I, I, I can totally empathize with, you know, with, with what you said there though, because when I was in that state myself, um, I too thought that it wasn't changing. Um, you know, and and you know, I, I think, I think suicidal thought. I, I don't think it's a case of where you you suicidal or you're not. I think you kind of move. I think it moves along a spectrum, in many ways. And I found it a lot easier and a lot more accessible to put myself on a spectrum than it was to say that I was suicidal. Um, a lot of my insight actually came retrospectively, however. Mm-hmm after I was out of it, um, because you are, you kind of are lost. Um, and you know, it's when you are in that position, it's, it, it is really difficult to, 
to see. I mean, this is why, you know, suicide um, statistics are so horrendous to look at. And, and, and sadly, these things do happen. So a lot of what we need is, I believe, um, I believe connection rather than isolation. And it's it's just, you know, the, the miracle of being able to get out of that isolation and find a connection which kind of gives us that magnetic pull out of where we are. Um, I mean, I, I did know that something was wrong, but my experience of that was very dissatisfactory, um, which is part of what I'm part of why I'm doing the podcast now. Um, my first visit to the doctor, he was convinced I just wanted a sick note so I could have a few weeks off work. <laughs> and he didn't believe I had any mental problem. He was like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard this before. Uh, I'm not giving you... Uh, well, he's actually said, do you want a sick note? And I said, well, not really. I actually want to be able to go to work without feeling crappy about it. That's what I want, not to not go to work. Um... But yeah, and then uh, another visit to a doctor, you know, years later, I ended up being given a brochure of uh, like a pamphlet, leaflet. I mean, I can, I can find that anyway on the internet. I don't really need a doctor to give me a, a pamphlet. So yeah, the, the support kind of, yeah, I really struggled. And, you know, it, in retrospect, a lot, a lot of my a big life change in decisions that I made when I was going through this tough time um, were born from me at the time thinking I was doing the right thing and I, and I was doing what was best. So to give you a bit of a, a, a history, uh, to cut a long story short, I sort of left a long-term partner at the time, a long-term girlfriend, walked away from a, a house, you know, walked away from half the family, um, thinking that they deserved better than me. What was actually happening was uh, um, I, I was having a, a, a pretty rough mental health problem, which I can look back now and I can see that for what it is. But it doesn't change the fact that back then, that's what I thought I, I needed to do. Right. Um, and, and yeah, that's why we're here, just to kind of sort of give that voice that it may not be the case and what you actually might need is 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 to talk to somebody um and not somebody who's just going to tell you what they think they would like you to do because i got a i got a lot of bad advice at the time um from people that maybe weren't really thinking of the implications because they weren't me so it's very easy for me to say you know oh well you know if it's not working out with your girlfriend maybe you should leave because there's lots of plenty of fish out there and you know life goes on and you're still young and you know, maybe I could have had some more um, impartial advice that that, that that really considered the implications of what they were telling me to do. Um, so yeah, I think I think I, I would I would say find good connections is probably if if you can. ultimately what we are all searching for anyway. Mm. And then the flip side of that is be a good connection. Yeah, right? be connectable. Yes. Offer mm -hmm. that empathy, like mm -hmm. instead of jumping into the advice piece right away, mm -hmm. like just get down in it for a minute and feel with them. Yeah. A lot of it, what I'm learning in, in counseling as a trainee counselor is just providing the secure base and the empathy. Um, and that goes a massive way. You don't actually need to tell anybody what to do. Um, a lot of, a lot of what people need is is very simply to be heard and to be validated. You know, if someone f is is going through uh, depression, then they want that depression validated. They want someone that actually says there's not something fundamentally wrong with you, who you are. I feel I can feel your depression. And if I was in your position, I would feel depressed too. You've got permission to be depressed and let me share it with you. And that's what people need. They don't, they don't need to be, nobody needs to be told what to do. I can figure that out for myself. <laughs> I have a quick question. Like you just sparked some, how can one share another's depression 
in a positive manner. So instead of being pulled down into the drowning scenario, Mm. to share that scenario, but from a place of healing and uplift. Yeah, there's two there's two aspects to that. Um, as a the the way I see it is 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 somebody who is really struggling in the rapids. So and and we quite, we're kind of talking of the difference between sympathy and empathy as well. So when we have somebody who's you know really struggling in the rapids and the you know the the rivers flowing really strong and they're really struggling to keep the head over the water now somebody might be in a different part of the water where it's nice and calm and still and that person might say come over here it's not too bad over here well that's all well and good being over there where the water's nice and still to say come over here that person's struggling and he he doesn't know how so with practice what we do as as that person as that person offering themselves as the connection we get into the rapids with them and you know i think sometimes it can be a misconception that we have to be with someone in a positive way just being with someone and and you know being down with them can help someone validate those emotions um and 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 that is that is worth more than being sort of sharing that depress depression but then trying to lift up i think people when they when they have that companionship and you know that that connection with somebody else they can have like i say have that grounding to um, feel more secure they feel less inclined that there's something wrong with them you know if they see someone joining them in this in this depressed state but saying but come over here um, they don't necessarily need that I think they just need to share the sometimes people need to share the sorrow and the and the darkness um, and have it validated so as a um, counselor in training mm. Are you finding ways where you can do that without, like, are, yeah, let me, are you finding ways to do that? And are there any concerns of, by putting yourself back in the rapids, you might find yourself back in the problem that you've spent so much time and energy healing from? Yeah, it's a really good question. That um, so, as a as a trainee counsellor, um, I'm by no means an expert. I myself have to have therapy as a to, so I my experiences that I have, I will have a therapist myself to talk to to sort of say if I end up back in there, um, you know the experiences I had. You know if if someone because someone I might have a, a client for example who is who goes through something that triggers triggers a similar memory in myself um but then i have a therapist um and also a supervisor who who i'll see every couple of weeks who i can then talk to and then they can be my secure base for when i've had that but then also this is why with experience you get better at it but it's also why self-care is so important as well you know we can't just be push ourselves to the side to be there for everybody else we also need to give ourselves the chance to to process and put things in perspective for ourselves it's so important because otherwise you know we can't really help anyone because Yes, we can maybe empathize and, and share the darkness with someone, but if we can't pull ourselves out of it, then we're not really offering that anchorage and, and sort of secure base to, to help them pull themselves out of it. All right. I want to ask a very inappropriate question. Are you ready of for course. that? Absolutely, yeah. Have you heard any good jokes about depression? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, jokes about depression. Oh, man. 
Nothing's no, coming to mind. I'm sorry. Answer. No, Nothing's don't be sorry. That was one. That that was basically <laughs> all there are. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just want to make a comment. There's this piece that you so eloquently talked about, which is where you get in the rough water with the person. Okay. And you have to be resourced enough to actually stay afloat yourself in that space, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what you said about not making a requirement of them having to try to swim to the calmer water as part of getting in it with them, mm-hmm. that is the basis by which that connection that's fueling the disruption is reestablished. It's yeah. like always in our systems, our nervous systems, our psychological systems, and our embodied systems, sometimes just being present with the, another person, the self can begin to heal already, right? There's these yeah. natural processes. And if not, then at least you've, you've got company. And yes. when we think about the world on a bigger scale, like on some level, we're all kooky, hmm. right? And what we really want the most is companionship, is we want to be with people that, that we can relate to. Hmm. I think Maybe I can ask this as a question. In your own experience, yeah, you were with your family or your girlfriend at yeah. the time. And there was this sense of wanting that community with them, but also then feeling some responsibility for the impact you were having. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so were you saving them by leaving? Um so this the the by the family I meant the other half's family. So you know, obviously you have to accept that things 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 part ways. Um, I I was in my mind giving them the opportunity to get something better than myself. Yeah. So um, you were saving them. Yeah, in a way, in a way, it, it wasn't so much that I was. You know, bad for them, um, but they deserved better in, in my mind. And I don't believe that that's true. Do you? And in retrospect, do you think that was actually true? No, not now. Not now. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, a lot of the, what now I can look back retrospectively, a lot of the, you know, thoughts that I was ha- having actually confirmed how much I cared about the people. I was with rather than, but I didn't know that at the time. This is why, you know, cause I, 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 yeah, I didn't know that. So, you know, I was, I was kind of flying blind. This is I why think. emotional intelligence is so important because we can't all be healers, mm-hmm. but we can at least be skillful in our own approach as we encounter these things with each other yeah. and be better at being together through these storms. I want to ask another question before Greg jumps in. Of course. Um, this may be a little pithy. Um, we were talking about mental weather. Yeah. And it it's also said that a certain part of Northern California, Seattle, has a lot of gray and rainy weather. And there's a lot of depression there, okay. a lot of addiction. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Newcastle is similarly geographically impacted by the weather. Um, possibly. I mean, I think I think we're in a... We seem to be in a state where things are changing quite a lot. Um, we're seeing a, a lot of very bizarre. We're seeing like wind storms, unlike anything we've ever seen. Um, I can't remember the last time we saw any snow. Like you know, things are getting warmer. And obviously, last year we got the we were almost at forty Celsius in Newcastle, which. That shouldn't be happening. So, so yeah, I think it's. I think there's a lot of uncertainty, and I think definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the 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 COVID pandemic has overshadowed a lot of things, but the weather in itself um, it is definitely affecting. Is definitely affecting you know um, a lot of people. There's a lot of uncertainty. It's like we're we're having a conversation at work today, and like with the strength of the wind, and there's a lot of people thinking, is is the roof of my house really set up for this kind of wind? Is there going to be like houses in the in the neighbourhoods? All, all of a sudden, it's going to be regular. They have to replace your roof tiles every year. It's it is scary, and there's probably a lot of anxiety comes yeah. from that. Um. Switching gears a little bit, Mm -hmm. 
there's this wonderful phrase that you've created a website around and a, a kind of branding around chatty geek hidden dragon. Yeah. And that's a reference to a w- amazing movie. It is. But yeah. also what, what is it about you that makes you a chatty geek? Like what do you geek out on? Well, the, the, the geeking is, well, I have a few that I love video games. Um, I just adore video games. Um, I, I geek out over Star Wars, all things Star Wars, all things Lord of the Rings. Um, the Matrix was a was a big game changer for me. That made me think about things differently. All sort of pop culture and uh, and martial arts. I'm a I'm a martial arts geek as well. Um, I'm not I'm not as well well read. I'm not a martial arts historian, but. I love the philosophy behind it. Um, I love the I love the Shaolin monks sort of philosophy and state of mind and, and meditation and all that kind of things. But I think what where the geek chatty geek comes from is is kind of ironic because I'd love to be chatty about it, but it's so hard to find people. You know, when you're surrounded in a in a, a, a male-dominated workplace and everyone just wants to talk about either football or, you know, current events of some form that probably aren't that important. It's like not like the, the wars and things. They want to talk about whatever trivial current event is going on. And nobody wants to talk about martial arts or Buddhism. Or, so I'd love to be chatty about the geeky side and, and the hidden dragon. That kind of speaks to just the passion that's inside that's uh, and the and the wisdom that doesn't always i mean i don't like to say i'm wise because it sounds very pedantic but the, you know the ideas that i have that i don't get chance to share very often that's why i like doing things like this yeah well i just let me say like after this is all over and we've recorded this and the podcast is over i would love for you to connect with me anytime and we can geek out together on all of those things i'm not into the video games but i am into all the other things you mentioned and so let's let's actually stay connected after this so that that yeah yeah geek out a little bit more i appreciate that that. so let me let me ask you a quick question Mm. Midichlorians, thumbs up or thumbs down? For those that in our audience, so midichlorians are the source. Yeah. Are the source My mind of just shut off because now you guys are deep in geek world. Yeah, uh, th- thumbs up, but they could have been used better. But the what? Yeah. I said thumbs up, but they could have been used better. They could have been used better. Got yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. Were you aware that Star Wars Celebration was in Britain last weekend? And did you want to go? No, I wasn't. Sorry. I'm so <laughs> sorry that you didn't get to go to that. Oh. It was to right be honest, there. my weekends are totally chock-a-block with, um, with me counseling assignments and college work training. And, I get it. And, and all of that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So are you a hip-hop fan? Yeah. Uh, my... Music taste is it covers everything. A Wu Tang, yeah, I like a bit of Wu Tang Clan, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and do you like the um, kung fu movies from you know Hong Kong and China and here in the United States? There's like Saturday afternoons were notorious for those kind of spaghetti yeah. Western kung fu movies, but they actually, you know, I say that like they were sort of. Yeah, I, lo- I love anything that sort of demonstrates a. I love Seven Seven Samurai. I mean, I love that. I love that film. I love The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. I don't know that can sometimes be a controversial, but yeah, I think that yeah. film is 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 a work of art. Just in the 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 artwork of the how it's how it's filmed. Um, obviously, anything with Bruce Lee. Um, I adore the um, Ip Man movies. I think they're fantastic. Did you watch the series that um, the Lee family produced that was based on something Bruce was attempting and passed away? It it's was called San Warrior. Francisco. Yeah. Um, I think I maybe started it. I think I maybe started it, but couldn't quite get into it, unfortunately. But I did I did give it a go. Okay. Um, is it the one that covered him as like a younger adult? It, and, and No, it's San Francisco during the gold rush, and it's... Um, you know, you have Chinatown and the gangs there in Chinatown, 1800s. And, uh, right. Um, this one gentleman, as I recall, 
he comes to San Francisco with a family connection, but that connection doesn't exist when he actually gets here. Yeah, so his sister left China after he did something wrong. And then he comes to find her at the behest of his father to claim her. And she's already reestablished herself. And um, the beauty of this story is that Bruce began writing it, and it was never... You know, given an opportunity uh, when he was alive and his his sister or Shannon has brought it to life and it's brilliant. It's called Warrior um, and it's on Cinemax, I believe, is the I thought it was HBO. Well, anyway, and who knows? um, And and it's worth giving another try if you're a Bruce Lee fan, because it it really the philosophy is there. And there's so many juxtapositions of these different cultural motifs. And and it's unfortunate that they didn't approve a third series because or a third season because the story wasn't quite done when they finished it. And what's very uh, Mark and I are very fascinated with white privilege and racism and fascinated isn't the right word. We're engaged in really being a part of the healing of that. Mm -hmm. And the story was great in showing um, white Western and the Chinese and the racism that was, mm-hmm. you know, deep, deep. And uh, and then also showing some of the, um, what would you call it, the uh, aligning, you know, where there were people who saw that racism and tried to, heal it right right but, um, yeah i'll have to check it out so i was thinking of a different one obviously but um so it's called warrior right yeah warrior okay really uh, good check it out yeah, um, and, and then email me and we'll set up a time to hang out and talk about it <laughs> you're on <laughs> um so what style of martial art are you, you like did you you said shaolin philosophy and buddhist philosophy but is it wing chun or gong fu that you practice or is it another form yeah i practice a korean style um called tang sudo so my style is tang sudo which is probably closer to karate um than it is to taekwondo obviously the the what the popular korean one is taekwondo that you kind of will see in the olympics and things but we're very traditional uh, um in that we've we've sort of kept the we've kept the lineages um of our style so we we've kept practicing the the karate styles of of Japan and also Korean styles and also northern and southern chinese styles as well so it's a bit of a it's a bit of an original MMA in many ways which is quite funny because obviously we have MMA now which involves your 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 you know boxing jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. uh, things like that but in in a way it was an mma in itself at the time um because you have your your taekyun which is kind of like a a bit of a grappling um style and then your your karate your strikes from karate and then your northern and southern (laughs) again um influenced by chi with your northern and southern styles um but i think it's been very refined um these days where it's we're very much a style in itself now and how did your teacher come to bring the lineage to your physical location what what can you say about your teacher and their journey to be in newcastle well grandmaster lee he he i'm not sure i'll have to remember when he came to the uk but he came to the uk or the the muda kwan which is our school was formed in 19 19- 45 and i think grandmaster lee came to the uk it was either the i think it was possibly in the 70s something like that um so he was invited um by the the founder um to come to the uk to set up a club there um and then obviously over the years there's many he's had many many students um and one student of his was uh, master allerton who actually trained in Middlesbrough which is about an hour south from where I am now um but politics people part ways so my instructor then parted ways with Grandmaster Lee but I'm still with Grandmaster Lee um oh I'm still with that federation today 
and it, it it's it's pretty much me really that's in Newcastle teaching for our federation and the closest instructor to me so my instructor is Master Tang and he's in Leeds which is about two and a half hours south um, of me um, so yeah that's that's where I am now it's it's quite difficult for me to train at the moment but I have my own classes um, so I I kind of teach most of the time now and me practice is just sort of on me own mostly there's um, two teachers I know who, who are dear friends who have been practicing Tai Chi for decades and they've told me that their teaching as a teacher is their practice they absolutely learn from that it can be yeah definitely because you see things that you didn't think were there um you'll see you'll see things in the posture of your students that you obviously you have that outside perspective looking at the students and it makes you you get you become very self-conscious because obviously you don't want to be correcting something in someone um or right. you know and then be doing it yourself so you've got to be extra careful um that you're not doing that uh, but yeah i would absolutely say that that teaching is the practice as well um I've, and this is sort of circling back to the mental health thing. I'm wondering, has there been an opportunity for amends with the family and the relationship that you left? Um, well, I think this is this is one of the this is one of the realities of life. Is is sometimes you don't get chance to make amends and sometimes it's just not appropriate to try and you know that that in itself is something to work with it gives you a lot of it gives you a lot more respect of the decisions you make um it makes you a lot more mindful of the of the thoughts and the words that you choose and the actions you take because you realize that there's repercussions and sometimes there's no going back unfortunately you know you can't make amends always um because it, a lot of times, you know, you go to people who you've hurt in the past and it would actually cause more harm than good them seeing you again. As much as you maybe want to apologise or, you know, get some form of reconciliation, um, it's just not appropriate to do wow. that. So there's an element of life where you take the hit and you just, like, that's yeah. a hit that's just going to resonate for the rest of life. Sometimes milk just goes sour, and you can't put it back again. Wow, wow. Whew, that's a big one to sit with for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's not the end. There's, you know, there's there's other opportunities. I'm married now. Um, I got married last year to another incredible person. Congratulations. Um, thank you, and, and, oh. and I wouldn't change that. So you've also got to... Well, I, I keep saying you have to. It, it, it's also useful to have that appreciation of the journey you've had. You know what's interesting? You just hit on something that I've found as part of my healing journey. The must, supposed to, have to. Should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like really out the door with that. Yeah, get rid of that. Get rid of that. Do you know, it's, it, it, I'm, I'm finding a lot of... There's two words that I'm finding incredibly useful recently and that's good enough. You know, it's, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be good enough. That reminds me, did you ever watch the movie Babe about the sheep herding pig? Oh yes. Good enough. Oh, that'll do pig. That'll, that'll do. Yeah. That'll do. <laughs> that'll do pig. <laughs> yeah. That was so on point. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just you mentioning your wife now is there an element of there's a famous country song of unanswered prayers and the story is you know this person's thanking god that this relationship didn't work out because now they have this relationship which is the right relationship for them yeah do you is that true to your story I think I'm more I think I'm I'm just more about gratitude in the moment. 
um, and every every moment, like every opportunity I get, um, every separate moment, even here talking to you, two incredible guys, um, there's a lot that's happened in the past. You know, if, if we go back forever. The the amount of incredible coincidences and you know things that have happened in our lives and you can you know get in that sense of gratitude and awe in a way for for where we are i think you know you you can't rule anything out anything that's happened you've got to kind of include it all in that in that awe um and gratitude Uh, and that's more what i feel when i when i look at my life now and i know the struggles ahead um but it's now that counts do you and your wife want children as part of your relationship uh no uh interestingly it's it's a it's a decision we've made um that doesn't mean that we don't want to be an influence of the next generation um as an instructor i am an influence in many ways of the next generation in fact i i, I value mentoring much higher than the technical teaching of martial arts like actually just getting people's heads in the right place being being that person that's there for the for the two in 20 students that end up in a dark place and being able to be the person that they know they could trust to talk to um is so important do you find that in this kind of a bit to your own personal experience, are there aspects to the martial arts training Mm. that create dissonance of the mental state because you are delving so deep into consciousness that there's a seed of despair, let's say, and you strike upon it, whereas if you had just gone along the surface of life, it never would have been struck at least not this lifetime i love the word dissonance i'm not sure what it means Help um, me with that one it's uh like um disharmony not right not yeah with 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 martial arts and with meditation as well you can you can make it what you wanted to make it and you can get out of it what you want to get out of it so in my own martial arts practice i do like to encourage investigation and leaving no stone unturned especially with what goes on in the mind and you know when you're doing a when you're doing a form when you're practicing basics when you're warming up when you're stretching when you're meditating there's things that come up and a, a lot of the times they'll get unnoticed and a lot of the times they'll get pushed to the side and sort of not acknowledged. But I do think that there's a lot of strength and resilience can be found by not pushing things to the side and trying to notice as much as possible because you can always have a thought and there's no you, you'll you, you'll learn that there's no harm in recognizing a thought and thinking oh, that's interesting where did that come from why did that come up and how is that making me feel that's interesting now what's my what do i seem to do what's my next action seem to be when i feel that feeling and this is potentially a stupid question but you are you you are my interaction with you is you're a very conscious individual okay is your wife of equal commitment to that consciousness um yeah i mean we're 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 different people um i think i'm I, i i think i'm 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 quite different. I feel like I'm quite different. And I know that there's lots of people that are equally as different, if that makes any sense. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, my wife is an incredibly compassionate and caring person um, in her own way. Um, but she that that manifests from a different place to where it manifests from within me. 
so yeah we're not quite the same but we work very well together would you be able to say what what is what do you both create that is working well um connection uh connection um security and um love essentially just love you know it's it it's people shy away from that word but it, it is it, it it is what it is and it's um it's a very all-encompassing power the power um, of connection for growth yeah for growth um i want to ask what's your wife's favorite meal that you cook for her and when was the last time you cooked it yeah, my wife's favorite meal that I cook for her is poached eggs on a muffin with avocado. And when was the last time you cooked it for? <laughs> um, what day is it now? Friday. It was Monday. Oh, brilliant. All yeah. right. <laughs> no holiday sauce with it, huh? Um, it depends what we've got in the fridge. We're kind of be quite resourceful. Um, we tend to have stuff stocked up in the fridge like mostly vegetables and, and things like that and we'll tend to try and use we don't like wasting food and uh, um, avocados are available uh, in newcastle yeah 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 super good as well all right okay so it's time for the musical portion of our show <laughs> okay um i would love to know who currently you feel is the most resonant the most enlightening heart lifting artist in the music world for you personally does it have to be someone no nobody like famous it can, no it could just be what matters to you what what you love Ah, uh, there's so many. Um, my, uh, That's my, an unfair so, question. Can I, can I tell you my go-tos? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I love a bit of Johnny Cash. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love a bit of Johnny Cash. I think he's got something for every mood. Yeah. Uh, and speaks to a lot. Um, uh, have you heard of an artist called Newton Faulkner? No. no. Okay, so he's a, he's a, a, a British artist. Um, he's a fantastic songwriter and an incredible musician. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely say he's up there for me. Um, who else am I liking? I just, I, I'm a bit of an oldies fan. Um, what do you consider oldies? Yeah, well, that's, I knew I was walking into a trap there. Yeah. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Star Wars. Nineties. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I love a bit of ACDC. Um, I love a bit of the Eagles. Um, oh, just I could go on forever. I mean, I'm, I'm probably not bringing to mind the ones that I would like to immediately bring to mind. Um, but yeah, there's so many. I just like all sorts. Are you a Spotify person? I'm an iTunes. I'm an Apple Music person and I, I probably should say the wife is a massive elvis fan as well oh my god did you hey, see that latest film yeah she has yeah she has she's been the pictures um to see it she said it was incredible yeah it really was. Good i saw it with my youngest daughter and um i love his film moulin rouge and i was expecting something similar to that right but once reflecting on it and talking with my daughter about it, I realized it was a brilliant biopic mm. truly honoring the individual, the, the humanist, the dark side, the stuff that wasn't good, and also the brilliant aspects. Yeah. And when they ended it with the real footage of the man, his last known recorded, you know, live performance and yeah. Even though he was a mess, mm -hmm. when it came time to sing, he just switched it on. He's yeah, yeah. It's beyond switching on. It's like yeah. that. Like yeah. It, I was just talking with my brother last night. You mentioned Johnny Cash, mm. how he took that Nine Inch Nails song "Hurt." Oh yeah, and turned it in like didn't like how do. Their words just fall short of what these creative individuals do. Yeah. 
and the resonance yeah. of what they create. 100%. Do you and your wife have the Disney Plus channel? We do, of course. Star Wars. That's my access to uh, me Mandalorians and uh, uh so did you see the U2 thing with David Letterman? Uh, n- no, I haven't yet. I have seen it up there. It's brilliant. Right, okay. And part of what's brilliant is David has a unique way of getting into the personal of these individuals who usually are well protected for lots of great reasons. Mm. And to see the edge and Bono's relationship with each other, the relationship with music and the creative process, and then with Dublin, their hometown. Mm. And you talk about um, musicians of a locale and there's some local artists that it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely give that a go. I do like a bit of you too as well, to be fair. I, I did watch the one, was it David Letterman that did one with Barack Obama? With, yeah. 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 I remember. Needs no introduction. He did this whole yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. Another brilliant. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to ask another open-ended question, which may take us over the hour. Do you have time, Chris? I've got three hours if you want. I can be oh, here. Oh, that's very Don't so, worry. Here's the question. Yeah. Deep in the past of your own location are what I would call the indigenous roots of Newcastle or of where your family history is from. Okay. What do you know about your own indigenous roots? Oh, sadly, not an awful lot. I mean, I know my my sort of grandparents were originally from Middlesbrough. Um. Me, me grandfather on my mother's side was an incredibly clever man. He was a um, he was a chemical engineer, um, and he was sort of involved um, in a lot of things during the during the war. Um, me nan was a. Oh, I'm trying to think. Trying to think. Wait, what did you say? Your your nan. Nan. Oh, me nan, N-A-N. Sorry, it's short for Nana, like Nana. Or, okay, yeah, it's funny how we all have different names for different ones, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then on my father's on my father's side, they were both RAF, so they were both in the Air Force. Um, oh. And I, I don't know any further back than that. Although I do know, um, in, an interesting one on me on my father's side. I, d- I don't know if it's my great 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 grandfather. Or my great 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 grandfather, um, but he was he was shot in the back in Australia during the gold rush. So oh. that's like a cool sort of a cool story. Not cool for him, but it's cool. For, it's a cool story for us to be able to tell. Oh. Does any of this familiar history inform familial history inform your spiritual viewpoints? How what how would you characterize your view on spirit soul? You know the yeah. unseen world afterlife <laughs> yeah i totally found my own way with that one um um i think i think mostly my family is probably christian but not um not like a devout church every sunday sort of style um i mean i'm a i sort of recognize myself mostly as a buddhist but it doesn't it's still a bit of a hexagonal peg in a round hole sort of thing in that it, it fits but maybe not perfectly um so i've kind of i've kind of found my own way uh with my spirituality and and but i mean buddhism has been incredibly useful in me in sort of reinforcing my ethics and how i live my life and my viewpoint and you know my, my comfort with life and death and and all of those things in between it's been hugely useful I have a question. Yeah. M&M or Foo Fighters? Now, it'd be great if they did something together, actually. Ah! <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> now, you said you listened to some of our podcasts. Did yeah, I did. Did you pick yeah, that up? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably... I, 
sorry, I was just going to say, I probably listen to Foo Fighters more than Eminem, but I like them both. And it would be awesome if they did something together. Yeah, I'm right. in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we keep putting that out there. We're hoping yeah. that that happens someday. Well, yeah, Dave, if you're listening, because he'll be listening to this show. Yeah, with, without without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Dave and them both. You know, they're yeah, probably yeah. pondering right now. Who's yeah. How do we get out of each other? Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, it happened with Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney got him on, didn't he? When he did his, uh, yeah. when he did his show. So, so Foo Fighters, Eminem, Paul McCartney, and the Boss all on together. Oh my God, what a show that'd be! <laughs> on for centuries. <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah. Ah. <sighs> wow. Well, I feel very satiated. Just take that moment, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. Paul is someone I've really admired as, again, an artist Mm. who just seems to remain open and creative. Um, You know, how old is that gentleman? And he still seems vital. Where I think the stones are vital, but they're kind Mm. of replaying the old hits of the 60s and 70s. Yeah, Paul, Paul McCartney's like a TARDIS of of music. You kind of you don't realize how much he's actually done, and the, and the more you look into what he's done, exactly, the more you're like, wow. It's yeah. like how did he think of all these new ideas? And yeah, even that damn Christmas song I've come to love. <laughs> What's not to love? <laughs> uh, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, okay. But- over the years, it's grown yeah. on me. What, what's your thoughts on the frog song? Do you like that one? The what song? The frog one. Do you know the boom, boom, boom? Hiya. Do you know that one? No. Oh, you haven't heard that one? Oh, well, look it up. Oh. See, All two right. musical gems. We got Newton Frank and Faulkner, Newton Faulkner, yep. and yep. You know, Paul McCartney's, Paul McCartney's frog, frog song. song. Frogs. I don't That's know if it's called the frog song. A bell. Was it on? Because he came out with an album. I recall maybe right before COVID, that was sort of this traveling theme. Because, um, oh, I'm not and sure it was, now. It was pretty good. It was a good album. I liked it. I was like, oh, wow, because, you know, there, I don't know. There was been a few releases he did where I was like, okay. But I remember this album I liked as a whole. Mm. Anyway, so can you can you confirm or deny the rumors that you're the next James Bond? <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny or deny to confirm or confirm to deny. That's a yes. <laughs> Recording stopped.